The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey there, welcome to another program here on Afternoons with Mike. Another program from interviews captured at the recent NRB, the National Religious Broadcasters. First couple of segments with a guy that I've had on my program before named Joe Schimmel. Let's go to those right now. With me right now is Joe Schimmel. Joe has been on my program, but never face-to-face like today. It's great to see face-to-face, brother. Oh, my word, this is awesome. (laughs) Uh, Joe is a film producer. He is a speaker, a senior pastor, and he hosts a podcast. He is the founder of Good Fight Ministries, and that podcast is called the Good Fight Radio Show Podcast. Welcome, Joe. It's great to be here, Brother Mike. This is, with you. this is kind of a crazy uh, time that we live in with the amount of people who are doing this podcast uh, kind of way of ministry. It's really reaching out, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing to see how many, literally hundreds of millions of people are being reached through podcasts. And it's great to have uh, podcasts such as yours that are reaching people we never could reach before. Well, you know, we're my uh, daughter, I've told this story many times to people, we're a terrestrial radio station, and when my daughter was telling uh, everyone about the show and about radio in general, in fact that, you know, they're on the air on, on uh, the AM and FM dials in, in different cities, uh, a friend of hers looked at her and he said, well, is that kind of like a podcast? <laughs> and my wife, That's I mean, funny. my daughter's uh, response was, it's it's OG podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, brother. (laughs) It's the old one. That's what we're doing. I know that you have a heart for a lot of different areas. Obviously, you're a pastor. You help people through their life, through preaching the gospel, knowing that that's our only hope in this day and age is the gospel of Jesus. Amen. Everything comes back to Jesus. Any videos we do, any teachings we do, we always point back to Jesus because he's the answer. And, And even we expose a lot of the evil that's in the world. And so in the convention that we're both part of right now, You'll have people coming against sex trafficking and you have to just point out the darkness to point out the way of escape or abortion. And uh, a lot of our videos are based on, Jesus said, or the scriptures say, in Ephesians 5.11, have no fellowship with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. And then he says, you know, awake from your sleep, you know, from the dead, O sleeper, let the light of Christ shine on you. Mm -hmm. So we believe that two of the best ways to show the gospel are to show people that they're in chains under the evil one's power to rescue them from those things, but show them the actual chains that they don't see, the different types of human depravity that come through the entertainment industry, whether it's Hollywood or you know popular theater, uh, music, and so forth. And then also through you know the law, you know Paul says the law is a school teacher that leads us to Christ, you know, and that we've broken God's law and we need forgiveness, and that all leads back to the cross. It's through Christ uh, that we're, we're, we're saved from the wrath that we deserve, and it's through Christ that we're set free from the scriptures say John said in chapter three of first John, his first epistle, uh, that Christ was, uh, appeared that he might destroy the works of the devil. Mm-hmm. So we're so grateful to see that it's the power of God. As Paul said, as you know, very well, Mike is that the gospel is the power of God and salvation. Everyone who believes the Jew first and also the Greek. So 
That's what we're all about. But we want to reach young people. We want to reach families. We want to reach those who are in despair, who don't really realize they're in bondage, don't know why their families are disintegrating. And we show a lot of it comes back down to spiritual warfare ah, and the fact that you, you brought have, up my next question. Okay, let's yeah. let's hear it. <laughs> uh, because because of that very thing, these people are trapped in darkness. Yet so many churches are not using that terminology or even using the concept of realizing that it's not just the preaching. It's not always just the preaching. The preaching there's nothing to take away from the preaching of the word. I believe that with all my heart. Amen. But I also believe in the fact that at times people need to pray against the enemy and through this thing called warfare. Spiritual warfare is real. And and that is not always talked about. So how is it that you uh, preach that and, and actually employ warfare like that with people that are in bondage? No, that that's a great question because it, it it's a question that that, that calls for uh, instruction and not just here's the problem, but here's the way out. And, and you talked about the language not being used. You know, Jesus came, he said, to set the captives free. So humanity is held captive before the gospel, before they come to Christ by satanic powers. And we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So when Paul talks about the warfare, he says in Ephesians 6.10, you know, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, you know. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh. and Well, before that, he says, put on the full armor of God. They may be able to stand against the wiles the Greek word is methodios, and it's where we get the word methods from, the methods of the devil. And he says, uh, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, the rulers of the darkness of the world, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places, and so forth. And then he tells us, actually, and it's, it's kind of sad, Mike, because a lot of the books on spiritual warfare don't actually exegete the verses that Paul gives. I've got several of them, like, go through Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, and show what the mm-hmm. pieces of armor on, you know, are, you know, and, the, you know, the belt of truth and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That's what Jesus used against Satan, you know. He, he whipped out the sword of the Spirit, cut down his lies every time that Satan tried to deceive him. Three times in a row, he says, it is written, you know. But it's interesting you mentioned prayer. Is prayer is so important. People need to understand, our brothers and sisters need to understand that Peter said that Satan goes about as a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Then he says, resist him steadfast in the faith. If we're not resisting him, we're being eaten alive, you know. And then James talks about, you know, uh, and it's very, very important as well. Humble yourselves in the mighty hand of God and, you know, he'll exalt you and so forth. But he says, draw near to God, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Part of the Christian walk is to resist the devil and realize there's a spiritual war. So Paul mentions this, this spiritual war. He talks about putting on the different pieces of armor, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, uh, the, the, the gospel shoes, all these different pieces. But it's interesting you mentioned prayer because it's underestimated, you know, uh, because he says praying always with all prayer and supplication for all the saints. And he says, do this in view, uh, paying attention or being alert with all perseverance. So we need to realize a spiritual war, but it's not just, you know, spirits kind of whispering things in our hearts and minds. A lot of times it takes on a concrete expression through the popular media that's so prevalent today, whereby Paul mentions in Ephesians chapter two, verse before chapter six, even he talks about Satan being the prince of the power of the air that works through the children of disobedience to guide the course of this world. And oftentimes we don't realize a lot of what we embrace as even Christian families, a lot of the people that are being influenced by these spirits, whether it's in Hollywood or it's in you know uh, popular music or even woke politics, are radically affecting the church and, and the Christian family. I, I think that's true. I think uh, families especially, uh, they don't realize how much or to what degree their kids are inviting all of those forces all of those demons, all of the powers, the spiritual powers into their home through the screens that they're watching. 
Yeah, and Mike, you're absolutely correct. And uh, we encourage all parents out there to, you know, we can't tell you how to exactly dot your I's and cross your T's, but we can give you Christian principles. You know, is, you know, you might even think of putting uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, you know, up above your TV about think on these things, whatever things are true and praiseworthy and, and you know, tr- just and so forth. Uh, and then filter things through the scripture and say, is this appropriate? I mean, obviously, God doesn't want us looking at pornography. He doesn't want us to look at blasphemy. And so much music is filled with that today. But a lot of people don't aren't aware that there's a concerted effort in the spiritual world we see it manifested through many of the top movers shakers in in uh, in the entertainment world and this is going to blow some people away mike but we've just done two videos one's called they're both part of our uh marvel and dc's war on god series mm-hmm. and people need to be aware uh we show where the the top guy in the whole marvel cinematic universe when i say every every movie's bad or anything but we need to be aware of what's going on uh the top you know, cinematic universe. Iron Man is the main character. Well, Robert Downey Jr. said to get the character to play that character, he'd bombed. I mean, he was in out of prison, and and he got canned from just being a year on Saturday Night Live. He was like a failure considering in Hollywood. And then all of a sudden, he becomes the top actor in the world. And we expose this already in music and popular music through our video called "They Sold Those They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll." Well. I was look. I started looking in the comic guys. I started. Wow, a lot of these top comic writers, Alan Moore, out of a hundred top writers, he's voted number one for four years in a row again. I mean, the next four years, Grant Morrison for four years in a row. The next four years, he'll be. They vote every four years. They were top one and two. Stanley number three. The last four years before this last January. Now these guys are top two and three again. And Grant Morrison and Alan Moore, the top two guys, both admit, acknowledge that they're into the Satanism, the magic of Aleister Crowley, that they both have are being used by spirits. They One calls himself, that's Alan Moore, the Joseph Goebbels, the propaganda minister for Hitler. He's a Joseph Goebbels of art, he says, uh, and he uses it as propaganda. Uh, he has pedophilic type, he has a 13-year, thir- uh, 12 or 13-year uh, series called Lost Girls, and He's being interviewed by, for instance, and by the way, these are the top guys. Wow. He's being interviewed by, uh, you know, Hard Talk BBC interviewer says, "What you're putting out?" Some people are saying it's child pornography, and he says it is, and he says, "Well, you have girls as young as 15 in there, and they're with grown men." And he says, "Now these are the top writers, right?" He says, "Yeah, but he says we can get away with it because it's legal because we use Dorothy from." You know, we use Wendy from uh, uh, Peter Pan and we use Alice from Alice in Wonderland and we use Dorothy from Wizard of Oz and they're fictitious characters so we can, we can do this. And these are the ones who are, you know, V for Vendetta, Watchmen, these big movies that come out are based on a lot of their stories. You're talking about people that admit being in touch with the demonic world and their, their movies are coming our way. I mentioned uh, Robert Downey Jr. and uh, Aleister Crowley, the one who said family is public mm-hmm. enemy number one. And, institution of marriage is insidious he's a main mover a satanist organizer that's been dead for many years but he signed his name to b666 and a lot of these guys are into him well robert downey jr said to get the part of iron man and it would be cast for it he said i practice the most intense uh magical ritual ceremonial magic ritual i've ever practiced in my life who knew he was doing that right he said i use a sunstone wand he said if a lester crowley had a little brother i was the and then he uses an expletive and it's like People need to be aware that, I mean, we're fighting for our families, for the, that there are insidious influences, demonic influences, yeah. uh, you know, attacking our homes. What's so ironic is that he and that character would be synonymous with what I grew up thinking 
comic book heroes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you have to have that word heroes almost tied to the comic books because that was the reason that you wanted to watch it. It was something good, something fun, something imaginary. But in this day and age, what uh, kids might be thinking they're getting they're getting a whole lot more than they're getting. They're getting uh, writing that has been baptized, if you will, into satanic rituals and uh, these kind of characters that are dark. And it all comes over, though, still being called the, the heroes, the super heroes of the day. Yeah, that makes you make such a great point there because, you know, we have been created to worship and we're created to admire God and, and worship him. And when you turn people away from God, well, they're given heroes that oftentimes don't mirror the attributes of God, or if they do, you're led to follow them instead of the Lord so often, uh, but they're going to be perversions of the true God. And it's interesting insight you just shared because uh, one of the biggest movies that's come out recently by Marvel is Doctor Strange, the second installment. And Doctor Strange is actually made in the image of Satanist Aleister Crowley. Wow. We proved this in our, our last DVD, which is Marvel's and DC's War and God Part 2, and it is Doctor Strange, Aleister Crowley, and the Multiverse of Satanism. It's called the Multiverse of Madness, the movie. We call it the Multiverse of Satanism. And Mike, we proved this, and it blows people away because they're like, I had no idea. And we recognize a lot of parents don't know. We want them to be educated. We want them to educate their children so children become more aware than the next person, their friend, and so forth, and they can teach them. Uh, and I'll give you an example. Uh, we show that they're both British magi magicians. Now, of course, in the cinematic universe, they made him an American, but originally Doctor Strange. If somebody types in Doctor Droom, D-R-O-O-M, not Doom, but Droom, like Droom, Droom, okay. they will see the first picture on Amazon Pictures, this guy that looks exactly like Aleister Crowley, Doctor Droom. Well, they, he was, that was the first incarnation of Doctor Strange. They became Doctor Druid. Then he became Doctor, or then he became Doctor Strange. Well, what we show is Crowley was an English magician. He was, that's his origin story. Uh, Crowley used the eye in the triangle. He used the eye in triangle. triangle. Crowley practices mixed, mixed Eastern mysticism with Western witchcraft. That's what he does. One has Clea, one has Leah. Uh, they, they practice their magic, Crowley, in this, what he called the Sanctum Sanctorum. That's where Doctor Strange practices his magic. So we show this is insidious in this way as well. Yeah. I, we play an interview, Mike, in one of our videos with uh, Stephen Englehart. Stephen Englehart revamped DC. Uh, he became... Uh, did a lot of redid a lot of the Marvel things. He was one of the top guys at the time. Doctor Strange had already been built on Crowley, but guess what? He was a member of Crowley's Ordo Templi Orientis, uh, McGurdy, which was Crowley put at the top of the one in Pasadena, not far from where I live. Uh, was at and he knew McGurdy, hung out with him, and we play a uh, I, I play an interview with a satanic program where the host he starts out not with you with seeking the Lord. He starts out with. The first words are, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. You know, do your own thing, right? Feels good, do it. Satanism. And uh, he starts out that. And he's interviewing Stephen Englehart. He says to Steve, he goes, it's great how, you know, you took Crowley and you basically made him mainstream through Doctor Strange, but people don't know about it. And they're laughing about it, you know? And of course, it's probably just Crowley's that listen to this program. It's not like a mainstream podcast. And we're wow. trying to make people aware of what's going on behind the scenes. There's people laughing that they're indoctrinating our children into Satanism. Wow, that is so uh, mind-blowing to realize that kids can think again. They're watching something wholesome, something good. Mm -hmm. And a lot of families, uh, sadly, Don't know. are completely out of touch with what their kids are watching. Absolutely. And it's heartbreaking because uh, the Lord is going to call people. And he is the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the hearts of the children back yeah. to the fathers. And, and 
but dads and moms need to be involved in their children's lives. They can't just, you know, give them a cell phone at the age of seven or 10 or 11 and say, just before you know it, they find out they're addicted to pornography or, or something of that nature or something hideous or they're online with, you know, a catfish or what have you, someone catfishing them. Uh, and, or they're just watching stuff that's glorifying witchcraft. And you wonder why as they're getting 17, 18, 16, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20 moving out of the house and a little bit older, why they're more attracted to witchcraft and Wicca. Wicca is the fastest or among the fastest growing religions in America. And Wicca is modern witchcraft. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you, uh, uh, with the with Harry Potter coming out and all these other things that were glorifying witchcraft, there's been such a growth of young people because these heroes are glorified. They want to be like them. We're supposed to be like Jesus. And there's a lot of competition for Jesus because they're inundated with these things constantly. And I think parents need to be aware. Even Wicca, brother, is uh, Gerald Gardner who started Wicca. Uh, Gerald Gardner was a member of Crowley's OTO and the do what thou wilt saying is in the, that's part of the Wiccan read. It's mm-hmm. not do what thou wilt. She will hold lots. Do what thou wilt. And it ends with a kinder and gentler saying because it's Satan not coming in all his demonic deformity, but as an angel of light. And so people need to realize there are roots of Satanism in what's going on in popular culture today. And as Christians, and it's not, it's not to myself and yourself alone, Mike, where we're, it's not just us that are commanded to expose the works of darkness. That command Paul gives us to the saints we're supposed to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, which we try to do. Which we try but, to do. But they need yeah. to be involved in the work of the ministry in their own, and, and it's hard. My heart breaks for parents these days because there's a lot of challenges, but we pray for them. Father, please equip our, our the parents out there and, and to, 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 to lovingly encourage our children in the truth. But at the same time, if they're in your home, you can put your foot down and say, you know what, this is actually satanic. But at the same time, give them an alternative. Be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, Put off the old man, but put on the new man. So point them in the way of Jesus and be an example to them. And they, they may have a hard time at first, but as you exemplify Christ, you show them the love of Christ. You live a pure life as an example to them. That will make such inroads into their lives. If not now, you're planting huge seeds that will often blossom later. Ooh, I love it. Joe Schemmel, where is your church located? I pastor a church called Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California. I our was thinking you were out there. Yeah, yeah. ministriesgoodfight.org. And where they can get our videos and so forth uh, that 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 we uh, make available, and they they can get them digitally or they can, you know otherwise. But they we've seen thousands and thousands of people saved through the ministry at the convention that we're both part of recently, right? We're seeing all kinds of people come up by our booth over and over again, uh, saying, "Man, Lord, use that to save me or change my life." A gal just came by, a gal named Tina Griffin. She goes, "You know what? I watched your well. I, she saw me cutting. They sold their souls for rock and roll. She asked me about it. She was cutting a wedding video, and I said, "I'll give you a copy when I'm done." with it i sent it to her now she does what i do <laughs> yeah and she yeah. was people are coming to my booth saying you know so i'm only saying that to say the resources are very very helpful uh to bring people to christ young people to christ uh older people to christ we cover generations right and also as a witness to strengthen believers that are already believers to realize the spiritual war that you've been talking about mike you got a few moments for on the other side of this break to talk absolutely all right uh, we are with joe schimmel Good Fight Ministries. Joe is a filmmaker. He's also a pastor, a podcaster. We'll be back with him for just a little bit more of this chat in just a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. 
Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Back again to open up segment two here with Joe Schimmel. He is a podcaster. He is a filmmaker. He's done a lot to help parents, to help young people. Really, the goal is to get them aware and get them out of some of the stuff that they're into. And as we talked about earlier, a lot of parents don't know what's going on. They see Marvel. Marvel's one of the most popular things. Disney's a part of that. But if you're in Florida now, everyone down here is aware of the implications that uh, has uh, been out in the news about Disney's role in indoctrination, as you were talking about, and kind of backing, uh, you know, teaching these uh, gender-fluid ideas and concepts to kids as young as three and four year olds you know i didn't know what your next question was mike but i i'm glad you went down this road because uh and being in florida uh you know and it's i love your state it's beautiful been a miami dolphin fan since i was a little kid since they won in 72 undefeated never got off that bandwagon because i'm a loyal guy (laughs) (laughs) but uh it's great to be in florida i did come to florida visit uncle once and went to a dolphin game and uh, anyway uh florida is a beautiful state but there are people, you know, and, and you guys have covered this a lot more than I have uh, for sure, but you guys are probably familiar last year when the, the animator came out for, for kids' cartoons and says she's putting, she's homosexual, and she said, I'm putting huh. homosexuality, we're like male with male. And, and happy about it, yeah. And nobody's trying to stop yeah. us, you know? And, and it was something that was not supposed to be aired. It came out. And that should be a wake-up call to parents. You can't just stick them in front of the Disney Channel because now they have, they're, they're, promoting this but i want you know something that is probably going to startle some people mike but i'm going to i'm going to share it because i think it's something you need to know about because i've been talking about this bigger agenda well there was a group called the amorc it still exists today in san jose not far from me in california maybe four hours away actually they have their museum and it's just filled with pagan idols and egyptian idols and they're all about the occult and they exist to make the occult more popular. It's American, or the, the uh, mystical order of the Rosy Cross, American mystical order of the Rosy Cross, Rosicrucians. And they exist to make the, to permeate the world with occult beliefs. Well, uh, they have, if you go to the AMRC website, Wikipedia, for instance, go to their Wikipedia site, you'll see that they have a couple really big named, those two men that are the most noted that belong to the AMRC for all these years, for many years, was, is Walt Disney. Okay. Really? Yes. And the charter of the AMRC, the first charter was owned by Satanist Alester Crowley. And then it was ended up being used by AMRC. And that was their pro the, to get the occult popular. Now, I know, and thank God, you know, Walt wasn't pushing uh, a lot of homosexuality and all that stuff early on, but he was, he did make the occult a lot more friendly, you know, because witchcraft and wizardry and whether it was Mary Poppins, a lot of people don't know, she was a friendly witch, you know, and she, you know, uh, you, you look at her story and you look at the woman who wrote Mary Poppins felt that she channeled some stuff, you know, hmm. and you just go, and that's when it seemed more innocent. And then before you knew it, you know, but very early on you had Fantasia. This was way early on. Right. And Fantasia has this mean looking wizard and, and Mickey's his protege and he, he goes to sleep and, 
Mickey where it dons his wizard's hat and he and he's calling forth the spirits to help him clean up because that's his job and the wizard awakens and he's angry at Mickey he rebukes him for wearing his wizard's hat because the demons are out of control and you, you have to know how to control these spirits well if you look the wizard looks a lot like Disney and then when you look at Fantasia you look at the the uh, uh, you know the credits at the end Disney is or Yensid is the character Disney and by the way Yensid Alistair Crowley said Learn to write backwards as part of the occult. When I was in the occult before I was a Christian, uh, you know, I'd write like backwards, not even knowing what I was doing. I write instead of LSD, I'd write do still or DSL. DSL love me, baby. DSL love me. And I'm doing all this occult stuff before I even knew what was going on. I was under that power. Well, Yensid, Y E N S I D, is Disney spelled backwards. Oh and he's a source. If you go to the amusement park, you go to Disney, whether it's in California where I live in Disneyland or out here in Florida, you'll see huge statues here of Yensid. That's Disney. And it's and he and he belonged to an organization that was all about making the occult popular, not bringing people to Christ. So what I'm saying My is, goodness. people, there's a deep movement going, and so it's not an accident what we see now. This is blowing my mind. I mean, that part right there that you just talked about, I've never heard before. So this, I, we I document everything, but yeah. just go to Wikipedia on this one. <laughs> yeah, and I think everyone knows and would not be surprised at the level of magic. Uh, what uh, many people, and I think many parents mistakenly uh, deem a lot of this as innocuous. Uh, They think it's safe. They think it's fun. It's like an escape. Mm -hmm. But they're not realizing that kids who do not have any, let's say, uh, opposing or maybe alternate type of belief system that is going to recognize all this stuff for what it is and not throw their heart all the way into it. They're powerless to a lot of this stuff, and it draws them right in. No, that's such a great point, Mike. Uh, When we read in Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 12, the Lord says, when thou art coming to the land, bring them to the promised land, right? He's disposing the the wicked Canaanites and all the ites, you know, the Perizzites and the Jebusites and so forth from the land because they're sacrificing their children in the fire. They're, they're, they're practicing all kinds of occultic practices. And he warns them, when thou art coming to the land, thou shalt not learn to practice the abomination of those nations. He says, there shall not be found among you anyone who makes a son or daughter to pass through the fire or that uses divination or, or a witch or a medium or those mm-hmm. who practice witchcraft. And he gives this big, long list of nine different things. He says, it's because of these abominations that I'm driving them out of the land. And we're not supposed to partake of them. Well, these are the very things that are glorified in the occult and witchcraft, talking to the dead, necromancy, a lot of Disney movies, by the way, uh, have glorified the occult more than any movie brand in the world. And it's interesting because that doesn't change in the New Testament. Now, we, I believe we have to be very, very careful with this because uh, the scriptures say that Satan comes as an angel of light. It says his ministers transform themselves into ministers of righteousness. Even, even so, Satan transforms himself into an angel of light. Anton LaVey, who wrote the Satanic Bible, the father, of the, the founder of the Church of Satan, he said there's no difference between white magic and black magic. It's all the same source. Well, that's what the Bible teaches. There's not a good magic. Uh, in fact, in Ephesians chapter, or the church at Ephesus, I should say, in Acts chapter 19, 19, after Paul had shared with them and was discipling them, it says they brought all their magic books together, books on magic together, and they burned them. And they were worth 50,000 pieces of silver. I think the New Living Translations, to put it more in our you know, currency, says worth millions of dollars. So these guys made a, did a 180 on the occult. And as Christians, I really, I really want to encourage parents that your children, uh, should we be promoting those things which the Bible forbids? And 
and this is how I think of it, brother, is that the Lord looks at magic and the people that God knew as committing spiritual adultery. Mm-hmm. And he uses that analogy over and over again, that, that parallel with our, how we would think of a wife of a man committing adultery. That's how he feels when people go to pagan gods, get involved in magic practices and traffic and spiritism. So when we see scriptures against physical adultery, we'd be appalled if there were movies and so forth that were glorifying that. Well, I believe it appalls the Lord in the same way if we make movies that glorify the occult I agree. and the things of darkness, because those things are on the same list, the same vice list that you see, for instance, you know, sexual sin and so forth in Galatians 5, 19 to 21, you all see, see sorcery or witchcraft in Revelation 21, 8, the same vice list where you have whoredoms in the King James or, or uh, uh, fornication, uh, you have pharmakeia or the Greek word for sorcery mm-hmm. and the Lord puts them on the same list. And I believe as Christians, we have to make sure we're not like the Israelites putting our guard down. We, we look and read the Bible and say, how did they do that? Well, I think we're doing the same thing. Hmm. We have to check and say, Hey, am I allowing my things to be glorified? That might be turning my children to get him excited about darkness rather than the true light of Christ. Do you get pushback from parents when you bring this message and, and they, you know, cause you're talking about something that, they may know a little bit about, but they probably don't know everything about, but their kids are steeped in it. And then they've, because if you're sharing this with parents, then the parents should have the responsibility to say, I got to help my kid through this. What kind of pushback do you get? Well, thankfully, by the grace of God, because we are, and that's one reason we give all the footnotes. Here's the data. Here's because we're saying, hey, we like to use what they're saying. And here's what the Bible says. So I'd say 90 seven percent or eight i mean is 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 praise god you know praise god you guys are doing opening and they accept it yeah but there's there's a small percentage of people who are like you know what i grew up with this stuff and look at me you know and guess what you can grow up with this stuff and come to christ later or so follow jesus it did captivate you but sometimes when you're defending it have you really been liberated from it you know, that's one of the questions I would ask, but I would say there's a lot of... Uh, wow. If you're defending it, are you really liberated from it? Yeah. That's well said. Yeah. Well, I've never thought of it in those terms exactly until you just asked me that question. Well, but but you just made that statement. <laughs> I just felt like I had to pause and say it. If we are defending it, then we as parents... Aren't really liberated from it. We're not liberated from it either. And I think that's the right, big because deal. Because we have a love for it then, you know? Yeah. And we're supposed to hate evil, Mike, as you know, you know? So if we have witchcraft being promoted as though it's something good, and and we look at Disney and we say, you know, it's terrible that they're presenting their, you know, transsexualism. And homosexual. That's so wrong. How could they do that? And because God's... Why, well, why is it wrong? Well, God's word says this. Well, God's word also says the witchcraft and the magic is evil too. Yeah. Are we able, is, is it okay with God if we pick and choose? No, it's not. So we're just saying, let's be per- consistent parents because your child may not become homosexual, but your child may be getting the Ouija boards later, get into palm reading or start going to psychics because they've been shown over and over again, a steady diet of that through Disney and yeah. others isn't necessarily a bad thing. And that's my heart. And, and when you see it, you know, a lot of parents start to wake up and they're like, wow. And a lot of parents, it resonates with them, but there's some, and I understand because it's hard. What we're saying is like, wow, I've I've let, I don't want to feel like I failed. Well, look at this as divine providence. God loves you. He's allowed you to hear this program with Pastor Mike and myself to to, to be set free and and to pray and say, Lord, help me lead my children away from this more into a 
a pure stream of Jesus. You know? Wow, my goodness. Joe, your words are, 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 I think, steeped in compassion because you really do care. It's not like you're just making a hardline judgment against entertainment per se, but these things have got to be seen as not innocuous. They are not just benign. The, mm. These are issues that are cancerous, if you will, to yeah. the soul. And that's what we need to be aware of. And I, I, I'm just going to walk uh, for a couple of days with that last statement that you made. If we're defending it, are we really liberated? Are we set free? Are we defending something that we should be running from? I mean, that's another way to flee, say that. The Bible says, right? Yeah. yeah. Flee that which is not good. Hey, flee Mike, which I have is children evil. And I have grandchildren. So it is a, through compassion because my children, Mike, I made aware of these things. Uh, now there's now they're their their parents right? right my two daughters are my sons yet to get married my youngest child and he's in his mid twenties right now but Mike I found a beautiful way uh, to share with your children is just be honest with them about what's going on educate them and through and you get a lot of our free content is on our on Good Fight Ministries we go to YouTube and we've got all kinds of resources uh, that that are free there's videos they can get can buy through Good Fight as well our website and so forth but but. We make our, my, I made my children, I took them street witnessing, sharing the gospel with the lost. Uh, but they became, they were more aware than the world was about what was truly behind these things. So they never felt they were missing out because you made a very powerful statement when you mentioned the cancer to the soul. They saw that these things were cancerous to their very spiritual, their souls and, and we could get in the way with their relationship with God. And they were, became reprehensible to them. So they were so when people they weren't as easily entangled or seduced in those things, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, now I have six grandchildren, so it's easy to be compassionate about these things. Because I also have been a parent. I'm a granddaddy, so I also realize that we're in this war and it's hard. So I'm compassionate on parents. I know it's it's a struggle. It's it like is. wow, it's all this entertainment. How do I wade through it? But we want them to know the principles and the power. You start off talking about the power of prayer, praying for your kids, loving your kids. Make educating them. The Bible says came down God's word over and over again in the Old Testament and in the New. He comes down on them like in the Old Testament. It's put this way: the priests were in trouble with God because He said, "You made you've made no distinction between mm-hmm. that which is holy and profane." And today, as parents and pastors and ministers out there, and praise God, we have a lot of ministry, you know, partners and so forth. But we need to make a distinction between that which is holy and profane, and we shouldn't leave it blurry because. It's, it's hard enough for the children to navigate through these things today. Wow. And they're going to blow up in the, the spiritual landmines all around them, especially when you have powerful conglomerates like Disney and so forth that are, are purposely saying, how can we lay these landmines down? And they're boasting that nobody even knows what we're doing and we're getting away with it. Ooh. Joe Schimmel, thank you for being with me today here on the program. Can't wait to check back in with you in a couple of months here. See how things are going with the good fight. Give us that web that web address. Always pleasant to be with you, Brother Mike. And the, the, it's goodfight.org, goodfightoneword.org. Joe Schimmel, look him up, learn what you can learn, and listen to what he's saying. God bless you. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years' experience, EC Waters is a top train comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. 
At the NRB, the National Religious Broadcasters Convention for 2023, with me is Dr. Susan Michael. Now, she's been on the program just recently. She's the USA Director of the International Christian Embassy Jerusalem, and that's called the ICEJ. And I really had a great chat with you recently. Nice to have you back on the program. Mike, it's great to be with you again. And you mentioned to me, Susan, when we were talking that when we all got together here at this particular event, the Christian, the National Religious Broadcasters, the NRB, that you were going to be with Jürgen Bueller, who's sitting right by you. And he is the president of, uh, of the embassy and from, you actually live in Israel, right? Yes, Mike. I'm uh, Jürgen Bühler, the president of the International Christian Embassy, and it's such a pleasure to be with you today. Now, what is it like for you to come back into the United States in a day and age like this? Uh, this is a crazy time in our culture, and I know it's a growing time. We all heard last night as uh, Troy Miller and others who were talking, representing Israel, that things are looking up with tourism to Israel right now. Maybe one of the best times in a long time. Yeah, no, Israel is a very exciting place to be at the moment. We have um, COVID. I have to say Israel came out of this crisis, I think, better than other nations. Uh, our inflation rate is uh, relative lower compared to any other nation in the, in the Western world. Uh, if you look at the Israeli military, it's one of the strongest militaries in the whole world. The economy is just booming. And also there is a, a, a new spiritual awareness. People are turning more to the biblical roots of their faith, both Jews mm -hmm. and also globally Christians. And it's a very exciting time to stand up for Israel and to connect the global church with Israel. Now, th these are times, again, that uh, in America uh, the culture is changing to the point that we are often referred to as a post-Christian society and that's really sad and what one of the other uh, sad to me very sad uh, things that's happened is a kind of a moving away in a lot of people's minds from our relationship to Israel for years a strong ally between these two countries and we're we're trusting God that that's going to be back again someday how is it from your perspective what is it like being from there and seeing what's going on in our government today well, I do see, of course, that there are major challenges today in the United States. And as somebody who comes from Europe, I'm born in Germany, uh, we really pray and hope that God will send a change to the United States because the leadership that the U.S. gave to the whole world is so essential and crucial. And in a way, there's a great concern about the future but honestly listening yesterday to uh, uh, Mr. Graham as he shared uh, um, about the boldness to share the gospel again and to be uncompromising about that I was greatly encouraged that such a voice is coming out of the United States in such a time like that mm -hmm. the challenges that you have in the US you have them all over the world you have them in Europe, you have them in Asia where uh, this uh, wokeism and post-Christian uh, 
culture is penetrating all the societies. And in a way, you know, we are praying for your nation that God will strengthen you and that you can keep go giving this leadership globally. And and on another factor, you know, it's quite interesting the the role that Israel plays in that. Um, we had a few days ago, actually, the day before I came to the U.S., we had a gathering of key theologians. They came from North America, Canada, mostly USA. Mm-hmm. And they said something very fascinating. They said when all our Bible colleges, or many of them, are turning towards vocism and they are, le- they are losing their clear stand on the Word of God, the place for us where we find orientation and that really connect- connects us to the authenticity, authenticity of the Word of God, it's the state of Israel. There we see the Bible become true and uh, we see that we are connected to the Bible in Israel, maybe more than in any other country. Well, this is an exciting year for your country because it's 75 years being celebrated right now, right? Absolutely, and I shared it, you know, Dr. Susan Michael, she put off an amazing event in Washington, D.C. The Israeli ambassador came there uh, to say one of the rare things. Normally, the ambassadors, they have a very uh, hectic schedule. They come just for a few moments to give their speech, usually leave quite early. He was with us the whole evening, and he was listening to all the contributions. And I could share at this event that, you know, Israel is turning 75 years now. Mm And that's quite interesting that uh, when Abraham entered the country of Israel, he was 75 years. In Isn't a way, that something? You can yeah. say Abraham entered into his own destiny only with 75 yeah. years. And I said, could it be that this 75th anniversary of the state of Israel, that this nation only enters now in the real destiny, what God called her forth? Wow. Now, Susan, let's turn to you for a moment. Uh, I'm holding my book, uh, your book, in my hands, Every Generation's Story, and it is all about this, 75 years of American Christian engagement with Israel. Now, that is a great way to say it. I've not heard that expression before of our engagement as an ally, countries uh, realizing that, uh, and, and we've used the phrase, bless Israel, that is something because it's biblical to, to say that. And, you know, this is something right now that you're living in real life. You're seeing it. And yet this celebration is happening at a time when the U.S. government is maybe a little more distanced or nuanced away from that engagement before. But that hasn't stopped you at all. You're just moving right on and really putting together these wonderful events. Now, you had one. Isn't there a second one coming up, too? We've already held both of them. Already both of them. One was in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. The second one was in Washington, D.C. But we recognize as we were preparing to celebrate Israel 75th that we are celebrating many miracles One is the miracle of her birth in 1948, but the other is 75 years of survival uh, in the face of war, terrorism, uh, opposition. She has survived, but more than that, she's thriving and emerging as a world leader. But we also recognize that while we're celebrating those miracles, that we're also celebrating 75 years of Christian engagement with Israel, which includes support of Israel, but it's more than that. It means that we've been going there for 75 years Mm -hmm. and our lives are being changed. 
because of Israel. And this book is a compilation of 18 different stories of Christians who made that trip to Israel, and they come from all five generations, starting with those that remember 1948, <laughs> all the way down to Generation Z. They're young, they just came back from their first trip. But everyone had that same life-changing experience. So, yes, we bless Israel, we support Israel, we stand with her, but we're also very blessed by Israel that we can go there, we can see the biblical sites freely, we're warmly welcomed, that we can freely worship at our Christian sites, and we can see prophecy fulfilled all around us, and our Bible comes alive, and our faith is ignited. So we're just as blessed by Israel as we should be blessing them. I know you and I talked about the fact that I went there in 1985 and was privileged to travel all over the whole of the country in 10 days time. And I saw things like what you said. There's so much about the word that you see differently when you're actually standing on the ground. And things like if you don't praise him, the rocks will cry out. That was something that shocked me when I saw some of the fields where David was and how rocky a lot of the land in Israel is. The presence of that, it just I didn't perceive it yes. in reading the word yes. the same way that you do when I you're I learned there. to read the Bible with a map in one hand. And then we would go the next day to that place and we would get out our maps and we would get out our Bibles and we would review everything that we had learned. And the Bible just, you understand how accurate it is and how true it is. Mm -hmm. And therefore you can base your life on it. That's really well said. Uh, to base our lives on the word of God is really regardless of where you live in the world. That That's is right. the most important thing. Because he's a faithful, promise-keeping God. He is already. And, you know, so many people, I can't think of anybody that doesn't have a, a bucket list desire to take that kind of trip that I was blessed to do in 1985. And you both had mentioned this is a great time. This is a beautiful time to go back. Uh, for, let's go back for just a moment to Jurgen. Uh, Jurgen, you live there. W what part of, uh, do you live actually in Jerusalem? We are living just a, a bit outside of Jerusalem. Ah. And Mike, if I can add, if you have been in 85 in Israel, you have to come back so much changed in that country. Oh, I bet. You really see biblical prophecy being fulfilled mm -hmm. right in front of your eyes. That's a, it's a complete modern state today, unlike any other in the Middle East. You know, when I was there, it was, there was a lot of tension still. And even when we went up to the northern part near the Syrian border, we were, no, we were told, uh, under no circumstance, take your cameras. Back then, we didn't have cell phones, so everyone had cameras. But they said, do not take pictures. So there was, there was this tension that you didn't know when you might get engaged in a different kind of engagement. Uh, and none of us were wanting that. But this is a, an exciting thing to see how many people are, are taking that trip and celebrating the roots. And I think movies like The Chosen has even made this maybe more desirous in people's hearts because they're seeing it cinematically played out in front of them. It's one thing to do that. It's another thing to actually take that boat ride like I did on the Sea of Galilee. That was one of the most life-changing things I think I've ever done. Amazing. And you know the... the Bible actually, like Susan said, not only becomes alive, you 
understand certain truth of the Bible in a fresh way. Somebody once said, if you are walking through Israel, it's like reading a fifth gospel. You know, we have four gospels in the Bible, but it's like adding a whole new chapter, a whole new facet of the gospel to your faith mm. life. Because not only that you can make geographical pictures in your mind that this is where Jesus walked, but also you start understanding some of the cultures that Jesus is referring to, be it in the parables or in his teachings, you suddenly understand, oh, that's what he meant. And that's such an amazing experience. I, I agree, yeah, that uh, being there and getting that uh, really real-time experience really does cause those things because you're seeing now, we know that a lot of the sites are traditional sites where, you're, you know, Jerusalem was in so much war and and really burned down a couple of times. But there's much to see there that is accurately uh, still the way it was back then. And that is, to me, those are the most exciting of all the spots to go. And this is, there's no better time right now than this year because a big celebration. You know, what what is happening from your standpoint there uh, to, to help celebrate that? We've talked about the celebration here in the U.S. What's happening over there? Well, we just had an incredible Yom Hatzma'ut celebration. Yom Hatzma'ut, this is the uh, Independence Day celebration, your 4th of July yes. in Israel. And um, this was a spectacular celebration where, you know, people every year they are ca- lighting seven sticks, uh, seven candle uh, right. sticks, uh, and they're highlighting seven leaders in the society that are changing uh, and impacting the whole society of Israel. Uh, you have had Ethiopian Jews there, you had Arabs there, you had Druze there, you had Jews who came from Europe, you had Jews who were born in Africa, and it was a quite an amazing um, facet, you can say, or a mosaic of the Israeli society. Each one of them had an amazing story to tell how they are working in high-tech industry, how they are working in social fields, how they are working as developers in other countries, helping third world countries to grow vegetables and to have uh, the same experience like Israel, craning the desert. And it's an amazing country Mm -hmm. and Israel is celebrating this success. And at the same time, you know, like you said, you have been in the 80s in Israel, you experienced the tensions. Those tensions are still there. Mm-hmm. We just a few days ago, we had uh, 1,500 rockets coming down on Israel. But you know what? The amazing thing in Israel is that in spite of this crisis, life goes on. You will see the shopping malls full in Tel Aviv. People will still go to the beach. A friend of mine was during that attack in Israel. He called me from the beach in Tel Aviv. He said, I can't believe it. The the beach is full of people. They are not afraid. Jürgen Bueller and also Dr. Susan Michael, my guests here for this segment. Thank you so much. We invite all of your listeners to come with us to Israel and have that experience for themselves. Yeah, it's something that I think if uh, anybody can, they should take a trip to Israel in their lifetime. Uh, It will be memorable for sure. Thank you both for being here. Thank you so much, Mike. God bless you. God bless you. And that does it for today's program. Tomorrow, I have one more show that was recorded down at the NRB, and I think you're going to love it. It's all about a new movie coming up produced by Rick Eldridge. He's been with me before, and he introduces the subject matter, the person about which the whole movie was made. Plus, the director will be there as well. And then finally tomorrow, a visit with Alex McFarland. He was at the NRB as well. 
He's been on several times, and he is a great spokesperson for the Lord on college campuses all over the U.S. I'll see you tomorrow right here on Afternoons with Mike.